listening to Bunker Labs presents A Crash Course in Venture Capital with Paul Capon, Managing Partner of LunaCap Ventures. I'm Iron Mike Stedman, member of the Bunker Labs branding team and the executive producer of this series. In this first episode, Paul introduces himself and discusses the difference between a small business and a startup. Contrary to popular opinion, not all businesses are suited for venture capital. Thanks to the prevalence of shows like Shark Tank, there's a misconception that venture capital is the only way to start a business. When in reality, venture capital only works for a specific type of businesses with scalable business models and large market opportunities. According to Paul, 90 to 95% of companies do not need and should not be seeking venture capital. This episode is meant to help you determine whether or not you meet the criteria and what you can expect should you pursue the VC route. By the end of this episode, you'll know the difference between a small business and a startup, the fundraising landscape, and how you can still achieve business success without taking on a bunch of outside investors. Paul and I hope you enjoy the following episode and that accelerates you on your entrepreneurial journey. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to this Bunker Lives Present series. We're going to be discussing venture capital with none other than Paul Capon, managing director and founder of Luna Cap Ventures. Paul, thanks for doing this for the veteran community. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's great to be here. Um, so no, excited to talk about transitioning veterans, talk about companies, talk about funding and financing, uh, some of the main pitfalls. And yeah, thank you for having me. Before we get into the to the to meat of this this topic in venture capital, how about you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners out there and uh, introduce them to Luna Cap Ventures. Yeah, so um, my name is Paul Capon. I grew up in New York, went to the Air Force Academy for undergrad, and then uh, did five and a half years in the military. Afterwards, decided to transition out and went and did my MBA um, at, at uh, Columbia and London Business School. Um, there was a dual degree between the two. Um, and then I ended up going into restructuring, which was working with companies that went into bankruptcy and helping them kind of navigate themselves out of that, out of that situation. Uh, I then transitioned into venture capital and had a wonderful experience and then decided to start my own venture, my own venture fund. Um, but what makes us a little different and we'll get into it you know, later on in one of the episodes is that our fund is focused as a venture debt platform versus venture capital. And so I'll explain the difference between it. But what we do is we focus on investing in military women and or minority owned or run companies um, and helping them at their at a certain specific growth stage. Uh, and that's really kind of what we do with uh, Looney Cap Ventures. That's great. So the purpose of this series is we really want to get super niche and uh, let our listeners know what they can expect as they pursue startups. And one of the first things that I think we need to define for our listeners is what is the difference between a small business and a startup? Because I feel like there's a lot of confusion out there. Um, a lot of people applying the same strategies to both uh, to both business models. And it's just it's just not good long term. So let's clear that up for our, our listeners. Yeah, no. So I think, you know, many of you that are listening to this are probably budding entrepreneurs. You're interested in starting your own business or running a business that already exists um, and now trying to figure out, well, how do I get there? What do I need to, you know, what do I need to bring to the table? Um, and just to kind of start off, you know, 90 to 95% of the companies out there um, do not and should not be looking for venture capital to help themselves grow. And I think that that's 
um, a common misconception, especially with Shark Tank that's out there, all the talk about venture capital. Um, everybody sees the movie, The Facebook Effect, um, and so or the network effect. And so people just know and think that VC is the only path. Um, and when in fact, you really only 5% of the companies out there should really be going after venture capital and the, the others should not. And I think in order, you know, as you're kind of thinking about it and like, well, how do I know which bucket I'm in? I think if you look at the 95%, um, 95% is basically companies that you grow, you can grow organically. You do not need external financing. You're not looking to be the scalable over two years and three years in some um, probably software company or a very quick scalable model that this is not, that that's not the type of company that should be going after VC. Uh, so for example, I'd say if you're looking for uh, to start kind of like a bakery, or if you're, you're looking to start, um, you know, something that you can grow such as, you know, you're making widgets. Um, and I'm not saying that these companies don't fall into the VC, um, VC realm, but if you're looking to grow something, kind of sell t-shirts, come up with, these ideas and maybe venture capital may not be for you um, because these are companies that you can grow. You don't need external financing. So why would you give up equity? And we'll talk about that later. Um, but it's the, these are, these are small companies. You can do well, you can have profitability. And even if you grow to 20, 30, $50 million, you know, you, that's absolutely fine. And then there are a lot of companies out there have done that have grown just using bank loans um, and, and gotten there perfectly fine without any other VC. Though if you do want a VC, what I would think is, is that you have a company with a very scalable, and this is where a startup, a very scalable um, idea. And what I mean by that is versus selling widgets. Um, if you're selling, you know, you're selling widgets, you're selling a t-shirt, you're selling a book, you're selling, there's only so much, you know, only, only, without doing maybe acquisitions or really pulling out and doing a whole product line, you're really not going to be able to grow at the speed that VCs are really looking for. Um, and therefore they're probably not a good partner with you anyway. Um, but if you come up with some software, some, um, something really fantastic that you can then plug and play and you know that you can do it for one company and then automatically that's going to, exponentially shift into thousands and ten thousands and millions of other folks that are able to use it um that might be uh the right platform and that might be the type of company that would be ripe for vc why do you think so many because we were both you know very active in the bunker labs community in the veteran entrepreneurial community why do you think so many veterans can think that they're pursuing venture capital when they're really just pursuing a small business I, once again, I mean, I think it really, it really goes back to, um, that there's, there's just so much hype about VC and early startups. And then there's shark tank. Um, and you see all of these companies that go on to, you know, go on to shark tank and many of them are actually pitching widgets. Um, now of course for them, if they get an investment, it's, it's wonderful, but remember it's also a marketing brand. So a lot of the companies that are on Shark Tank, as long as they get people looking at their product, whether they get an investment or not, they're still doing extremely well because they got this free marketing. Um, and a lot of companies have done well just because of that. So I think that there's just this misinformation that you need to have venture capital in order to grow um, when not really quite understanding the types of companies that are ripe for VC versus just 
many companies um, that you start off in kind of your brick and mortar, your more traditional companies that, you know, VC is only very new. So, I mean, all the companies before the 1970s, early 1980s, before venture capital was starting to be introduced alongside with like private equity, you know, companies were able to grow and start. So I just think that there is a misconception just because of all the buzz around VC and just to make sure and be aware to be able to compartmentalize those types of companies that need it and those that shouldn't go after it. Awesome. All right. So once our listeners decide, okay, they've heard this, they understand there's between small business and venture capital, they're still committed to going the venture capital route. Now, what is the difference in terms of their strategy, right? What works for a venture strategy versus a traditional small business? They need to be thinking growth early on, getting that MVP out there, I'm assuming, and showing a customer acquisition quick versus, you know, you, I feel like when you do this the small business approach, um, there, there's just a sense of, sense of urgency more so with the startup. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say like the approach and I'm not, I think there, there is, there is a lot of overlap. Um, but I would say that the expectation from the VCs is a lot different from if you're just starting your own clothing company. So we'll use a clothing company that you designed your own stuff and you're building this out. We'll use that as kind of your, the company that should be traditional and should not be going after VC. Um, we'll come up and use the company and this is, these are hypothetical companies, but I think that they do demonstrate the difference in terms of the expectation and how you should be going, going about raising either VC fund or raising on your own. Um, let's say the VC company, let's say that you've come up with some great algorithm that enables, um, you know, as a, as a service and let's just call it, it's going to be kind of more of a SaaS company. Uh, let's just say that there's a marketing company that can go out and it can help you and your and can help anybody um, figure out the keywords to write because it goes out and um, pulls all the. This, it's a it's a marketing company that can help you as a, if you are selling to a company or if you're an individual. Basically, go out there, find the right keywords, and help you um, market yourself and advertise yourself. But see, that's something that's scalable. So if it works for one company, you can then sell it to a hundred different companies versus the person who's designing one dress um, and then needs to slowly kind of build and create that. Um, so once again, there is a lot of overlap, but now if you're the VC, if you're in the VC company, so what you do is you have this marketing platform, you can take that, you can help out other companies with their advertisement because you know exactly what the keywords are and this is all electronic and it's built through AI. So basically you can push a button and this basically comes up with their marketing documents and knows exactly what's out there, who the competitors are. That's something that's very, very valuable for a lot of companies. But what you need to do is you need to really build that MVP, build out the AI. And what you have to be focused on is really demonstrating that you have that secret sauce and the IP. Um, and what, so really a lot of your focus is going to be in making sure that you're able to, to do something that no other company has ever done before um, in terms of developing this technology and then demonstrating that you can, that it, that it works. And then by showing that, Hey, you have one, two, three, maybe 10 companies um, and that people are willing to pay for it. Um, additionally, what you're focused on is the engagement. So a lot of people might use you once, um, but what they want to see is that this is the VC side and they want to see returning customers. They want to understand the fact that, um, that your product was so great that not only was it a one-time thing, Hey, now we want to have it multiple times and continue 
using it. And once again, um, this is for, you know, we came up with a fictitious company that's a marketing company that might have a subscriber and subscription base. Um, so I'm talking to that. Of course, there are many other companies out there that have different models and different monetization, but I figured that this one would be the easiest to kind of compartmentalize and um, demonstrate the difference between the VC company and then your traditional startup company. So just going back and reiterating it, you've shown and you've built this technology, you've built out this AI that only you have in this proprietary IP, you've made sure that it's protected and patented. And then what you've done is you've gone out and you've demonstrated that people are willing to use it. And, and then if you just can do that with 10 people, so that's really your MVP demonstrating that people are willing to use it, that you've worked out most of the bugs and all the kinks and that people continue to want to use it. So there's always a one-time thing. And so you could say I had 10 users, but if none of them come back to you, then your subscription model isn't going to work because there was obviously something that was wrong with that. Um, so I would say that that's number that that's for the VC side. And that's the, the, I think the KPIs that you need to focus on if you're going after VC money, because then what you can say is it costs us X amount of dollars to get into 10 different companies. So if you VCs now give me a million dollars, I can go and I can sell to a thousand different companies. And we already know that, every, you know, these 10 companies are hopefully a good representation of your potential market. So therefore what you want to do is say, okay, with, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, I was able to get 10 companies. I was able to build out the technology and we now have the Ferrari and we're ready to go. So now if I bring in a million dollars, I can now go out, I can get a marketing team, I can go out and we can get a sales team and really replicate this. And then what we also want to see is that we know that if $1 goes in, how much do you think? So if I give you $1 and you push that sales button, how much can you, how much do you think you're going to get back? And hopefully that $1, you can turn into $3 and then ensuring that, you know, that covers your cost and that therefore you can then hopefully have some profitability um, going forward. Uh, and that's, that's what we're looking for. If you're just doing a small, and now we're going to go to the person selling clothes. If you're just selling clothes, basically you're, you're, what you want to do is, you know, and let's just say it might start off as like a boutique, um, just a little boutique store and a retail store. Um, you just have to find your place. You're not going after VC money that's looking to say, okay, you know, we want to be able to give you, you know, $1 in is going to turn $3 because you're not kind of, you're not, you're not getting at that stage. And of course there are clothing companies that could definitely use VC. So I'm not saying that it's not possible, but I just, um, but this is kind of somebody who just wants to say, Hey, I like to have maybe two or three different regions. I'm not looking to go out and become the the next biggest brand all you know i'm happy with just kind of growing and maybe every year i open up a different retail location maybe we sell online and maybe at that point vc might be something that you might be interested in but if you're kind of if you're if you're satisfied okay just kind of growing opening up a store in your local town built and building out your supply chain building out your design um and then selling it piece by piece uh, and then doing local marketing, you know, then I think that's a really good example of where VCs would not be interested in that. Um, you're not going to have that scalable growth, but that's absolutely fine because you can do extremely well from a monetary standpoint. You don't need to go after VC. And I think that that's where 
you would go out, you might get a small business loan um, if the SBA is willing to give that. However, most of them require a personal guarantee and we can get into that later. Um, but if you have some just friends and family money, uh, that's generally how it started. Or if you're able to do it from home and then slowly as you build up your cash and as you build up some savings, then you're able to kind of go in and maybe have like a small town support you. So there's a couple uh, current terms you said. I just want to make sure our audience is tracking. Okay, so the first thing is MVP, which stands for minimum viable product. That is the simplest version of a product or service that you have that you're able to take to the marketplace and validate that people are willing to pay you for it. So v, uh, MVP, when he says uh, KPIs, that's key performance indicators. So I, if I want to get 10 clients within, you know, a week and you get 10 clients with a week, you check that box. That's an indicator of growth. Um, and so that's good. Now, one of the things I want to want to ask you too, Paul, is as we think about, and me and you have seen this in the landscape, a lot of us spend a lot of time pitching. We make the pitch decks, we go out there, we try to, you know, get this buy-in for our product or service startup, whatever. But would you say that for the, those that are listening, probably the most important thing is to go out there and validate that business model, making sure that they're able to get at least some traction, i.e. whether it's one paid client or 50 and then focus on pitching? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think the biggest, you know, the biggest thing that we want to see, whether there's revenue or not. Um, and once again, you know, you have to understand that there are different VCs out there and there are different VCs that focus on different types of companies, whether it's industry specific or it's whether at what stage you're at. So there are VCs where you can go in with a deck and it's pre-revenue and they would actually give money to help you get to that first dollar. Um, and there are a few, there are a few of them out there and they will do extremely well. And then, and then the reason they're out there is because they're starting off and they really want to kind of grow with you, but they're, they could also see a huge return based on a very low valuation that we'll get into later. The other part with the VCs, now I'm, this is kind of all circling back, but I just want to explain them. There are a bunch of other VCs that won't even invest in you or look at you until you're doing 20, $30 million in revenue and you have this huge growth potential. Um, and so as you're going out and as you're trying to figure out what's important, I think what's most important is knowing where you are and what stage of the company that you're in. And then focusing on the VCs that really are that that are at your stage in your industry. Just because somebody says a VC doesn't mean that they're going to invest at your 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 at the stage that you're at or your industry. So it's really imperative that you do your homework on the VC. Know what kind of set check sizes they've done. What other companies have they invested in? Are they similar to yours? And then I think that's where you'd have a most productive conversation. And then. If you're pre-revenue, the most important thing to show is your user base. And so if people are interested in what you're doing, um, building, so by building that MVP, you know, people are using it, even if you're not charging them, the fact that people are engaged in whatever product you've built, um, because that shows the stickiness. Um, if you have an app and everybody downloads it and you tell all thousand of your friends to download it, however, then it just sits on their phone and nobody's using it. VCs are going to ask that. So you might walk in and say, hey, we have this app. It works. We had a thousand downloads in the first week. We're going to be the next thing. Our, for, our second question is going to be, okay, well, what's the engagement? And then, well, we had one, one person open it up, took a look at it, filled out his profile, and then that was it. 
um, that's not going to look really good because you do need to have people engage with the app. Uh, so those, so if you're pre-revenue, those are the things, the MVP, the stickiness, the engagement of the users. Once you get past that and you then maybe start getting that first dollar, that's where the, the machine, you have to be able to show the scalability. And so how quickly are you able to attract and get in with new potential clients? And so paying folks. Um, whether it's direct to consumer or you're going as a B2B, um, that's that's really important. How quickly are you able to get them on board? Um, and then what is their engagement? We still want to make sure that they're engaged so that they continue to pay. Um, we we want somebody and we call it the lifetime value of of a person, which is the LTV. So how much is that person worth to you and how much is that is that customer worth to you um, versus the cost of acquisition? Um, and usually that's, those are two things we want the cost of, we want the cost of acquisition or the, um, I guess the other way to say it is the customer acquisition cost, uh, which is how much did it pay? How much did I have to pay as the company to get one person to, but to buy my product? So I spent $50 on advertising and Facebook ads. And I, then I, then that would be that. And then the LTV which is you won't really have that at the beginning because you don't have enough data points. The LTV is then how much is that? So that customer that I spent $50 and gave them a gift card, or I told them, Hey, come to my seminar and I'll pay everybody $50. That would be your cut. Yeah. Be the customer acquisition cost. And then the LTV as well. Then this person signed up and then that person over the course of the time, I think that they're going to be a value, you know, a customer over the next five to six years, each year they're going to spend X amount of dollars, and then that person might be $300 and I'm just coming up with fictitious numbers, but you always should always be thinking about those two dynamics of how much it costs you to get a customer. And then what is the value of that customer? And of course you always want the cost of acquisition to be lower than what somebody's willing to pay you. That's great. So customer lifetime value. And for me as a small business owner, you know, doing podcast production, I'll tell you my customer lifetime value. If I get tell a podcast series for 10 K, and one customer, average customer does three to four podcasts with me. That's, you know, 40K right there, yeah. you know, and I can expect that year over year if I'm doing four series. So super helpful for the listeners out there in closing out this first uh, episode of Bunker Lives Presents. Um, let's just close out the difference again between the small business and venture capital. Yep. Yep. So just to kind of recap what we should be focused on, um, you know, I think what we did was we talked about the two different companies. Uh, the two different the two different compartments. One is the venture capital. One is the not venture capital. And if you go one route, what does that kind of company look like? So I kind of that's an indicator. Um, and then the second one being the scalable company. So uh, just to recap, um, you know, I think there are there are two different types of companies. You need to be sure and really think about it and say, hey, is this a company that falls into category one? where I don't go out, maybe I'm just opening up a couple of small boutique stores and then I want to stay there and I want to grow at my own pace and I want to retain all the equity and I don't want, that would be the company number one where you should not be going out and both basically 90 to 95% of companies fall in there. Company number two, that's where you go out and you get the venture capital funding and you're ripe for venture capital and that's because you're going to scale really quickly you're able to build something very kind of um, that that's exciting to them that they think that they're going to have a hundred times uh, return on their investments. 
Um, and these are the types of companies then if you're going that route that you should really be focused on building out your MVP, making sure that, you know, there are customers that are out there and then the engagement with whatever you've built is high. Um, and that's your engagement. And then just starting to think about kind of what is that lifetime value of the customer versus the customer acquisition costs, which you always want to be lower than the lifetime value. Um, and then if you're going the other route, that's just a, you know, you're building out a business, you're making sure that you're profitable, you can put food on your table and you can do just as well. You can make just as much money. It might just be, it's just a different path, but you'll, but you'll get there. And I think that was really kind of the focus for the first podcast, just so that as you're transitioning and you have ideas of what you want to do, making sure that you first think about what category am I in? Am I VC or am I a small business to grow on my own? And that's the first track and probably the first fork in the road. On the next episode of this series, Paul and I are going to be discussing the pros and cons of raising venture capital. But until then, I need you to go ahead and do us a favor and subscribe to this series on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. We'd greatly appreciate it if you left a review and shared this podcast with someone in your network who you feel can benefit from the information. If you want to get plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem, visit www.bunkerlabs.org, select the city nearest to you, sign up for the local newsletter, and attend one of our networking events, whether in person or virtual. It's that simple. From there, be sure to get connected at bunkeronline.org, where you can learn about our many different programs to support your entrepreneurial journey. We have programs that will take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you to grow alongside other founders and CEOs. Register today at www.bunkeronline.org. See you on the next episode.